We are Wrestling Elitists. I am your host, Alex Gibson, alongside the world's fittest podcaster, Sean Nash, and that is proven fact. Suck at PFT. Uh, he beat a, uh, yeah, a PFT from, uh, part of my take, in a Peloton battle the other day. So don't even try coming at us. Sure, and sure. <laughs> I am also joined by the official spokesman of Corona non-alcoholic beer, Ooh. Chris Scott Moore. How's it going? Good. The guns on that guy. Yeah. I look like Sting after a yoga workout. <laughs> so fucking new. <laughs> uh, well, we now have a uh, we have a link tree, so please make sure you're checking us out. Linktree.com slash wrestling elitist, or you can go to our website directly, wrestlingelitist.com for our latest match reviews and articles uh, and much, much more. Uh, this week's been a little bit slow from us on a blog standpoint, but we will be getting some new stuff out there shortly. I um, want to thank our uh, new friend of the show and fellow Chippewa, Preston Vance, for uh, retweeting our most oh, yeah. recent uh, Dynamite review article talking about uh, last night's show. Um, and then also just want to uh, fall on the sword a little bit. Last week's episode did not come out until I think Monday or Tuesday of this week. I think it was Monday. Um, all on me. Just completely forgot to edit it and post it. So uh, my bad gang. Hopefully, uh, Hopefully you didn't miss it too much there. Um, Sean, can you, uh, <laughs> thank you, Sean, can you go ahead and, uh, let any first time listeners know, uh, what to expect for the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You missed, I got a little sneak peek into Chris's new works, uh, secret stash, but, uh, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> we're going to hit you with our favorite or the, the memorable news of the week, our favorite match moment, least favorite cringe of the week and what we're looking forward to along with uh, a couple, couple questions on the upcoming dynamite and collision shows that are soon to hit us yeah you know what sean why don't you tell everybody your favorite news of the week because it's not my favorite it's uh you know it's just <laughs> it's definitely newsworthy it's newsworthy newsworthy it's news for who it is <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is chris benoit all over again yeah this was the worst that was this was the worst week you could have chosen that yeah <laughs> <sighs> It normally rolls off the tongue, but uh, I, I guess I'll start. Uh, <laughs> the the sad passing of the Iron Sheik, uh, a true legend, little before my time, so things kind of fell more in a pop culture kind of stance for him where he just told everyone, shut the fuck up, I'll break your back and make you humble, fuck Hulk Hogan. Uh, but you go back and look at him. He was, before he became the weird little blob he was, he was a a handsome devil. He was the mm -hmm. jacked man and well, he's 81. Sad to see him go, but at least it was um, not in a terrible, terrible terms. Yeah. This was my news story of the week. No, good to hear that it was not based on misadventure and it was just old age, but the guy had 5,000 lives. I mean, he was the Shah of Iran's bodyguard, um, Olympic, I think he was on the Olympic team. I mean, he mm -hmm. was a hell of an athlete and then just had a crazy lifestyle too. Um, and he got not to be like shitty about someone who just died, but still like the guy was kind of a laughing stock. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Like he's funny because of like the funny shit that like only that comic book character would do while heavily intoxicated. Uh, so some <laughs> yeah. of his like the funny stories about him or what makes him charming are all like, well, the time he was on Coke and blah, 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 blah happened. Um, yeah. Hell of an athlete. So important to the history of the business by being the person that passed the torch to Hogan. 
Uh, but Stolen by it's, Hogan. It, but it's also kind of funny, though, how he's like a beloved character, you know, and like just these days, like he would get canceled for he would have been fucking gone for some of the yeah. shit he pulled with like the treatment of the ladies and like all the all the drug busts and all the times he's gotten in trouble. Um, I have a couple of favorite cheek stories, but what are your guys's favorite cheek stories that you've heard? Um, want me to go first, Alex? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, mine, not a not a wrestling moment. Just Hulk Hogan on Howard Stern, Iron Sheik on the phone call, and he's just babbling on and on. Hulk Hogan's just like, we do this shit every every single time. He's gonna talk shit. I'm I'm the biggest in wrestling, and at the end of the day, we're gonna sweep this under the rug. And just like just like that, he's like, I'm the better man than you, and uh, fuck you, but I'll forgive you. I love you, and that's just how it ended. It's just the way he would talk was just such a incoherent mess and it was it was great i i i don't think mine's necessarily a story i think it's just like the way that he came on to like twitter and social media it was just so funny to me it was just so weird and like it became a thing where it felt like a little bit of a force bit after a while once it really caught on mm-hmm. just like everything does when somebody goes viral on like a tiktok or anything like that but um i think it's just like the original discovering of him just tweeting him talking shit was the funniest shit in the world to me. Yeah. That was when I was like, I was incredibly online in those days and loved Twitter and I could not get enough of the iron sheet. Yeah. And I guess that's, you know, I was, I was trying to say that in a nicer way. I think um, maybe he was exploited a little bit or pushed out there. He was, too yeah, much, absolutely. Especially during his substance issue phase where he would be on stern and just um, belligerent. But my favorite story is the infamous one where um, Vince sits him down and was like, hey, pal, have a seat. Uh, you tested positive for cocaine. And he's like, yes, uh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> no, not actually, Chief. <laughs> you, got, uh, you tested positive for cocaine. And then he just rats on everyone else that he was doing lines with. <laughs> oh, jeez. So oh, I'm sure there's going to be a shitload of stories that come out. Uh this weekend of just like funny chic stories, but what a goddamn character that you couldn't absolutely like yeah. he would yeah. seem too broad and too farcical. If it was like in any movie, if he was a character in like a Will Ferrell movie, it would just seem too broad. Yeah. Yeah. He absolutely like just kind of somebody who continued to live like wrestling was real all the way until his last day. And also just a freak athlete. Like you kind of mentioned, I mean, he was a, he was an actual wrestler before he became a pro wrestler. Um, and I always appreciate those guys that kind of add some legitimacy to sport, especially back in those days. Um, my news of the week, uh, wanted to go with something lighter. Once I kind of figured out that this would probably be your guys's news of the week. This is the favorite. That news. was, yeah, this is the favorite news. It's, uh, <laughs> Danielson versus Okada happening at forbidden door two, uh, as well as Osprey versus Omega. That's going to be a great double main event. Imagine if Mercedes didn't get hurt you have almost a triple main event type of an opportunity there that'd be awesome but absolutely pumped for that match and this you know i remember i was thinking about this when the first two matches got announced the other day i remember chris's excitement last year when forbidden door got announced and i was kind of talking i was like i just don't think i was like they're just going to run a bunch of multi-man matches and it's not like i was kind of negative on it chris was very optimistic this show, based on the first two matches, is exactly what Chris seemingly mm-hmm. th- you know, thought last year yeah. was going to be. So it's almost yeah. like last year was the proof of concept, and then this year, uh, hopefully keep everybody healthy and, and actually awesome. run some of these dream matches. 
that promo by Danielson was fantastic. That awesome. Really so good. That, that was an excellent moment where you watch it and you go like, yeah, I have no fucking embarrassment about being a wrestling fan. That shit was great. And it's yeah. going to be a hell of a show. And I don't know what's going to headline if it's going to be the rematch to maybe the best match ever or the potential best yeah. match ever that everyone has fantasized about. Like, it's just it's so hard to imagine what one's going to go on last, but it's going to be one hell of a goddamn show. That's a tough call. Yeah, what will go on? But hearing this actually come down and be true, it's phenomenal. It's going to be a banger of a match. Yeah, and, and Danielson, I think right now is he's been the best wrestler for quite some time, but right now he's the best everything about wrestling to me. Like his what he does on commentary, everything he's doing with Blackpool Combat Club, the promo he cut for this, everything has been so fucking good. And it's cool to see him getting this little bit of a last run. I think he said that this is his last contract he's signing in wrestling. And if that's the case, then they're really giving him a great way out. It's just amazing that he's been able to come back and also just coming back just from where he was storyline wise in WWE, not to turn this into tribalistic shit, but like how many years did we see him backstage as the dopey GM? GM, And it's just like a stupid ass role. And then he's trying to get fired on talking smack and just like, doesn't like it. And just, he's not as engaged. And then he's doing this where he's hitting out of the ballpark and totally rejuvenated and looking at his medical history it's like how the fuck are you doing this so it's all the more impressive that this guy's able to muster this return run that he's had in AEW, and this could be the final like okay i'm the fucking greatest of all time (laughs) like this is this is cementing it and the matches he's had it with like little to no incident of head issues or brain issues it seems so like just it's a renaissance that's amazing yeah Truly is. Um, moving into our match of the week, uh, Sean, what was your favorite match? From Dominion, the three, the never open weight six man match, Okada, Tanahashi, and Ishii beating Moxley, Claudio, and, and Shooter was, was great. There was, never really felt like the moment where there was someone on the outside who was just kind of lax and doing something while all three were in the ring, fucking around. Phenomenal to see Claudio in the ring in New Japan. He Showed up late, got there about 50 minutes before he went on. They had to move their match back and still looked like one of the great, the best in the match. Uh, would love to see him do a uh, a G1 once we get going. Sad to see that he didn't make it, but the star power in the match was there. Even Shooter looked good at going up straight up against uh, Okada plenty of times trying to solidify his spot, but love the match. I think, Chris, you gave it four and a quarter stars on the uh, on the website wrestlingelitist.com pretty just and would love to see more of the blackpool combat club going over together and john moxley staying over there for a little bit because he he fits so well in new japan mm-hmm. yeah i i love this show this was one of my favorite um new japan shows that wasn't a wrestle kingdom i think this is one of the best over delivered um besides the famous one with kenny omega and um okada that's having their anniversary actually i think today right um but yeah this was a hell of a goddamn match and um hell of a goddamn show uh you had osprey in front of the show lance archer uh my match of the week which was yeah shout out (laughs) i gave you four stars man come on um i hope we're cool uh and then we have uh 
my match of the week with Zack Sabre Jr. going over Jeff Cobb. I loved this match so much. It was kind of Very a fun. faster match, but I love how quick. it played off of their match at what was a Genesis where it's not like they half-assed it, but they were in a slower gear and they did the time limit draw. And so they played off it by going at such a sprint. And it was such an intense match. And both guys looked so great. And Jeff Cobb looked great in his loss. And Zack yeah. Sabre Jr. is having a year that's amazing too like that fucking um you know stan slim shady look is just that's what we're <laughs> just like it just it opened oh, up it's great new, uh, yeah <laughs> opened up a new thing for his career uh but i i love his work and he's such a unique awesome wrestler too so maybe they're gonna do danielson and zach Sabre jr at all in because they're doing danielson okada now that could be a thing but Whatever it is, he's had a hell of a run, and he's bringing legitimacy to the worst-looking title ever. <laughs> he's such a great wrestler. Going back to when Alex and I saw him at AAW for the first time, his style is so perfect, and that match represented it perfectly. Yeah. The the reversal of the tour of the islands to win by <laughs> uh, just the, the roll-up worked so well, and I'm not much of a fan for the roll-up wins, but... Everything about Zack Sabre Jr. is just, it's perfect. The way he talks on the mic and in the back, he's great. And then in the ring, he's submission master. Yeah, my uh, my love of Zack is well, well documented. I also love Cobb. And I think that those are two guys that, you know, obviously I want them to make their money wherever, uh, wherever they go. Uh, but I think they're almost perfect in New Japan where they're not overexposed on American television. Mm -hmm. I love that mm -hmm. Cobb has had a couple of times where he's come on to AEW television, but then goes away and isn't, you know, just out there every time. And he's just something about Zach. I think especially though is, uh, I, I don't think that I would want to see him every week. Sean, you gotta, you look perplexed. Did, did we see, I know we saw Cobb plenty of times at Evolve, and I feel like we saw Zach. Did we see we saw, them we wrestle? No, but we saw Zach at Evolve. At Evolve, I don't like think it was against Jeff Cobb, though. I almost thought like wrong. the first one we saw Jeff Cobb versus Zach Saber Jr. But maybe right. not. I'll like the very off. first one we went to. I'll I'll have to find those old cards. I those think you can cards. still find yeah, them on Cage, Cage Match. match. Yeah, yeah. Um, I drove by that my... fantastic building the other mm. day. By the way, it was man, that's the uh, the best. Honestly, it's a, it's a shame. It's a shame that Evolve uh, that Evolve wasn't running at Harpo's. They right. should have just been, you know what I mean? Like that, it couldn't have been more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, my match of the week, though, I unfortunately, I've been just so tuned out on New Japan stuff. I haven't watched either of those matches, but uh, so I had to go with it with a match from AEW that I think was really good. I think you gave it four stars this week, Chris. Uh, Orange Cassie defeating Swerve. Uh, just another one of those opening matches where uh, I'm stealing basically line from line what you had said, but you know, it's another one of those matches where you think OC is going to lose and then somehow yeah. he pulls it out. It's a great banger of a opening match. There's been a few times now where the show starts with an orange Cassidy match. I'm like, okay, we, this happened. This has happened. I don't need this to kick off every show, but then it does and it delivers and I'm okay with it by the end of that match. They both, they each had a kick out in that match that were, that was incredible. Swerve specifically had one after getting hit with the beach break that mm -hmm. I think that might be my favorite 2.99 kick out I've ever seen. It was so good. Um, these two can keep going at it. I, I'm a little concerned that like they're keeping things going and they might do a title flop at uh swap at um 
the first collision show because they're going to want to have some type of a moment on that show beyond mm. uh, the main event. And I, I would hate that they wasted having them already have a match and then running them back again so quickly. So I hope that's not the case, but I also do think that Swerve deserves to be the next title holder. He's, he's great. I love everything he does. And now that he doesn't have that, uh, I mean, neither of those two goons over there. Yeah. Trench. Dude, he pulls on our website all the time. He, he draws hits. Okay. Him and so many other good things, apparently. Yeah, him and so many great other phrases. Sick but Trench is someone that does actually like people will Google Trench and like we're like fifth or tenth on like the average positioning. Okay, well, you know what? Maybe he's a draw. Who am I to say? Did you guys have any thoughts on the match though? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, everything you said that was that was a great great start to show um, start the match or the show with. Uh, would love to have seen Swerve that, uh, win that match. That's my only disappointment. Yeah, and you talked about this I think last week or week before, Alex. But he is uh, AW does need a gatekeeper. Um, that MJF did such a great job as uh, in that role for I don't know 2020, 2021. and I think that's going to be M- uh, Swerve. For sure. Like he yeah, totally has sure. the talent to get people over and God damn, does he ever make people look great? Like he's got a motor to him. That is unbelievable. Yep. And I can't believe he's one of those guys that got released. Like that just makes zero sense um, that you well, couldn't see crossover appeal and money in this guy. And I, I don't know whose hands he didn't shake backstage, but Jesus Christ, like that guy's money. Look how awful uh what was his group i can't even remember their name anymore um hit row yeah they're they're like a joke without him they're a joke faction they're they're it's crazy how much legitimacy he adds Uh, i love his theme i act i just wish there weren't words to it like if you just had that if you just had like it's like a menacing beat and like the Mm -hmm. way he walks to it the like the slow swagger it's perfect he's such Um, a cool guy but uh, moving on to, so, you know, speaking of MJF, moving on to our moment of the week, it's been a long time since we've had an MJF promo as our moment of the week, but all three of us had it this week. MJF and Adam Cole having their first face-to-face promo. I think this is where MJF shines is these, these like, it's the same thing when he had his, his punk moment or the same thing when he, you know, when he makes you, makes, he sometimes makes himself feel like a little bit of a sympathetic character. I don't think he did that as much here, um, but still did a great job and, for once he had somebody that was going up against him that could hold their own. It felt like the whole thing with the four pillars, it was MJF and then a couple tiers below guys, um, you know, feuding with him. And, and that's not the case now. Um, as we were live, I was looking it up. It was Zack Sabre Jr. versus Leo Rush. And that makes sense now. Yeah. Wasn't Jeff Cobb, but MJF, phenomenal in the mic every single time but this was the first time that adam cole actually hit it for me as a face love to see where this is going to go looking forward to next week where we get to see a uh, an actual match with them both chris do you have anything to add about it yeah and i just love too how mjf did set him up with like doing some of the cliche trolls lines and allowing adam cole to stand out more with his 
piss test line about his steroids. That was great. Because no one said that yet. And like, oh, uh, I mean, granted, he did have a lot of time off, but still. Um, that's something that you could conceivably believe that he's that he cheated uh, or is doing roids or whatever. But it doesn't bother me, yeah. but whatever. Um, yeah, I, I love this promo. I think it's another classic. It plants a lot of seeds based on MJF's obsession with Adam Cole. And you can do a lot of things with this down the line. I don't think this is going to just be a one-off match for next week. Um, but yeah. I think Adam Cole's stock really did drop because of the Jericho feud. And so like... Uh, he's probably going to win the eliminator match just to give him some, uh, some cred. Yeah. Just to rebuild that. Cause I, I, I think start that flame. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know how much momentum he really does have right now. Um, yeah. and it's going to take more than just one week of a good promo to build that up. But, uh, I love this MJF is so fucking great. And I like, people just didn't get it too. They were like, he just says the same shit all the time. Like yeah, you're, you're dumb. You don't fucking get it. <laughs> Like, yeah, God, he's just so goddamn good and amazing at building up the people that he's feuding with. Like, he's such an old pro. Yeah. And, you know, uh, just one last thing on that. You know, they say that the reason that uh, Trump resonated with people so much in 2016 this is weird that I'm saying this, <laughs> but uh, it was because sure. he would listen. He would listen to like rural AM radio talk stations and then he would basically just echo the things that he heard on those talk stations and that's how he kind of would speak to those people. And that's how he got so many of them to like, be like, Oh my God, he gets us. That's how it feels with MJF. Like it's like he goes online and just reads every comment that he sees and then just uses that. He does that. Yes, absolutely. He's so fed into that. And for him to make these incredibly funny and character lines about like the wrestling fan base online is only 7% of the overall. It's like, motherfucker, you are sucked into that. 7%. Yeah. Like and you brilliantly, you're trying to, com- you're trying to convince yourself. Of- yeah. But you work everyone who's a, who's a, who's a mark online. Like he does a fantastic job of it. By the way, Trump's indicted supposedly. Isn't that good? Oh, breaking news here on wrestling. Yeah. Sorry. Dun, dun, just, dun, dun, it, just, it, it just came in the AP wire that I have in my basement. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, let's move into our cringe of the week. Uh, Sean, um, I think it's back to the, your match of the week a little bit, right? Yeah. Uh, Shota Umino, Shooter's ring attire just makes absolutely zero sense to to what he is or who he's trying to be with being John Moxley's little lapdog or whatever. You'd think he'd kind of wear some black or just like not pink, bright, Tanahashi-like vibrant pants. You just got to change it up. It, it doesn't work, especially with the hair, the, the gimmick change it up and, and stop carrying around the jacket. Just throw on the jacket. That's about it. Quick and quick and easy. What about you, Chris? Yeah. Oh, just the idea that first of all, the Hardys are going to continue this Ethan page storyline, but then like they make a big thing about how like they're going to sponsor him and mentor him. Ugh. Like, like they didn't actually say the word sponsor, but still it's like of, of all fucking things, these two guys, Mr. Enabler, Mr. Mr. Trustworthy. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. High moral character right there. And I put in my article, like it, that may be either like, there's no one paying attention, just like blackface at double or nothing. <laughs> Or it is like just okay. Let's fucking let's give them some rope to hang them with, and just point out the irony. And it's like a just a masterful shoot <laughs> by having them do the storyline. I don't know, but boy, oh boy, it's just so. These guys need to go away. Matt is just so they, broken down, and Jeff is Jeff was embarrassing at double or nothing, and that wasn't a missed spot. 
he just again tries to be like, oh, he's fine. <laughs> yeah, they need they need to go away, and also Tony Khan needs to get like a shock collar put around him. And anytime he wants to do a storyline where somebody is fighting for another wrestler's contract, yeah, just zap him. It, mm-hmm. it, those are the worst fucking. St- I never care about it. It's always they only do it with lower level. It feels like uh, it's people you would want the contract they, too. You'd be in, you'd, yeah, you'd exactly. lose money you having Ethan Page in storyline. Ethan Page <laughs> is a great wrestler, but in storyline, yeah, he's not positioned as such. They you, they always fight over the G League guys. It's like for fuck's sake, fight over LeBron, and they don't ever explain yeah. what is a contract even worth in AEW. Like the first time they did it with Big Money Matt and Hangman, it kind of was like a little bit of a thing because there was a little bit of a logic to like, oh, I'll get your wins, yeah. I get this percentage. But they don't explain like what the winner's purse is, or there's no logic to how am I supposed to know as a viewer what the fuck a contract in AW is worth? Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Okay. We really then my off there. sorry. <laughs> no, you're you're good. You're good. Uh, my cringe of the week, simple. Uh, it's the guns being the ones that are going into Bullet Club Gold. I the guns are fine. I think they're good. They're good. They're good heels and everything like that. But I just I need a little bit less of them for a little while. They've been just everywhere. They were with the acclaimed for so like that stuff went on for way too long. Same way I feel about like I want Jericho to go away for two to three months. I needed the if the guns joined the Bullet Club in September or even, you know, hell in August, right before all in, I think I would have been more okay with it. I just I don't need them taking up more screen time. 100%. And now they have more time because uh, Collision, you know, they've got two more hours that they can steal Spotlight on. So um, moving on to our anticipation, though, uh, once again, we're all on the same page here. More Forbidden Door announcements. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what they do with with the first two that they have announced. There's going to be obviously some multi-man matches, but I'm really hoping that we get to see Shingo in a singles match. Uh, Do you guys have any any specific people you're looking to see? Uh, get announced soon. I just don't even know what what more you could do to just bring me more, getting more me more excited for the show. I mean, two yeah. great main events. I imagine you do something with it. Hopefully, be everyone but Shingo and Lij versus some kind of the the AEW contingent of Chaos or some bullshit. Yeah, but I don't know. I would love to see Keith Lee have a singles match too, just because that's a big piece of beef to get in the ring with some some beef slammers. Keith Lee and Great Ocon. Hell yeah. Oh, Mongolian yeah. chops. Yeah. Ooh. Or Jeff Cobb. What about you, Chris? That'd be cool. Jeff Cobb and Keith Lee? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That'd be good. Um, I want to see Zach obviously wrestle. I want to see Shingo. Um, I'd like to see Naito versus MJF. I guess that'd be kind of like Ooh. a cool match but i think they may do like maybe they do do a swerve and it's like mjf is going to fight the only worthy new japan person which is yano because he hates you know new japan so much because I, I, I like i think with him trolling them so much it would be a fun thing to have him wrestle be forced to wrestle someone on new japan um i don't know but yeah it's a it's, you just want to see more matches announced though like yeah, I get that these are the two best matches you could possibly put on. <laughs> like that's awesome, and it's those are dreams come true. But you could also at least say like in singles competition, Claudio, in singles competition, Orange Cassidy. Like you yeah. know, some of these people are going to be there. So just start kind of 
spilling it out. Like you've had yeah. these people yeah. lined up. Like come on. Yeah, you, some of the easiness of putting the the tag team champs against the tag team champs fell through with Aussie Open Aussie yeah. Open having to drop, but and getting Bishamana Dominion. But there's plenty to to put in. And I think, in fairness, too, like they they probably didn't want to go overboard because that was a kind of a complaint last year that there was like too much going on and all the New Japan stuff was just this other universe that didn't make sense and whatever they have a lot of things going on right now so i get that they're busy um and maybe you don't really need to do a storyline but just besides announcing matches because that's it worked with okada and danielson so i don't know just something else give us fucking something orange cassidy versus shingo that'll work Uh, orange cassidy versus naito would be cool just because of their uh, lack of their uh, their lack of of fucks given um i'm gonna we've got a couple of quick things Um, i'm gonna skip the we already talked the chic stuff that we had that we had identified and even the eliminator thing i was just like what's the point of them but yeah. I, I you do make the point of like cole has been a little bit cold i just don't love it where it's like okay so if they went once again it's a similar thing with the swerve and orange cassidy thing where having having them face off and then swerve wins like him winning in a minute doesn't feel as special at that point if he does win the title or it's a waste of a win it makes sense when you don't have rankings, but it doesn't make sense because why are you having wrestler X wrestle the champion anyways, if you don't have yeah. like, like, so what's, what's deciding it? Like I yeah, get yeah. it. Like, like it's an organic way to get someone up in contention, but um, in this case it works because at least Adam Cole challenged MJF. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then last thing I wanted to touch on just your thoughts on punk and FTR. Uh, facing off against the Bullet Club Golden Show uh, as the uh, the debut main event. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Joe was a surprising addition to the Bullet Club. I guess I get the uh, the Bullet Club versus FTR, and you bring in CM Punk because he's their friend. But Joe was a, a nice surprise. I, I knew we were probably going to get some Ojo on Collision for sure. So. Will will be enjoyable to see, and and Punk and Samoa Joe have their history, so it'll, it'll be cool to see if that goes anywhere. Because that was a thought of the re- the return, so we'll love to see where it goes. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Um, I think it was obvious that it was going to be Punk and FTR. I had guessed that it was going to be against the House of Black, but I think it makes more sense to not have it a, a title match in this. So I'm uh, I'm excited to see it, and also just want to shout out my news of the week. I thought this week was going to be Eddie Kingston being in the G1, and we didn't even get a chance to really yeah. discuss that. But uh, I'm excited yeah. to see I'm excited to see that, and we'll talk more G1 I think next week. Um, but I have a dog that is losing his mind upstairs, so I I gotta uh, wrap this up a little bit. So thank you to everybody who listened. I uh, want to say happy birthday to a friend and listener of the show, Aaron. Um, yesterday was his birthday. Uh, he now Happy is birthday. etched in history uh, alongside the Iron Sheik uh, for the rest of his life. But Don't let anyone uh, buy you a Matt Taven cameo birthday celebration. <laughs> I should have. Uh, and uh, please make sure you're checking out our website, wrestlingleadus.com, for our latest match reviews, articles, uh, and other things. And we talked before the show uh, some potential changes of the format so that we're doing things. So uh, we'll, we'll see as the summer shapes up what we'll end up doing there. But... Once again, we really appreciate everyone who listens and uh, feel free to uh, leave us a review. Um, rate us five stars. And the music. Rick Rude. <laughs> <laughs>